Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, people. Thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Thanks for listening to the program Today's Issues. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. All right, so it's just the three of us right now, and Adam Suddeth is our producer today, and he's uh, running the, uh, the control board over there for us. Ed, if folks want to join us on what you affectionately call that there internet, what do they need to do? Well, if you would like to watch this program, watch us do radio. Yes, that is a possibility in 2021. Yes, we're waving to you if you're already uh, watching. You can go to either YouTube or Facebook, search for Today's Issues, that is the name of this program, and click through and you'll be able to access audio and video mm-hmm. for the program. If you want to just stream audio, you can, obviously, if you're listening on a terrestrial radio station, you don't need to do this. But in the future, if uh, something happens, you can go to AFR.net. We live stream the audio. Also at that website, AFR.net, you can get podcasts for all of your favorite programs and listen at your convenience. If you're going to be traveling and might not have access to the radio or radio station, you can download the AFR app on your smartphone, other smart device, portable device, and you can listen to us and download podcasts from AFR.net. Okay, Fred. Just been listening to the latest Pentagon briefing on what is going on in Afghanistan. I was mentioned to Ed just before we went on the air. John Kirby, who is kind of the official press person for the uh, for the Pentagon, uh, the reporters are asking the right questions, and he is struggling to give answers. One of the questions the reporters are now asking in the wake of President Biden's announcement yesterday that August thirty first is the deadline for the evacuation operation. They're, they're saying, okay, you want it done by then? And he's saying, yes, but doesn't that mean you want all the military gone by then? And he admitted, yes, all the military has to be out by August 31st. All our military equipment has to be out by August 31st. And we've also committed ourselves to ensuring our allies, the Brits, the French, that may have equipment there, all of their stuff is going to be out by then. So what does that mean? Well, that means is that the drawdown, a military term, of our military personnel has already started. Right. So as you start taking away from our soldiers are leaving now, starting now, the ability to rescue the Americans that are still there the Afghanis who's apparently helped us uh, over the last 20 years, the ability of that of that operation diminishes long before August 31st. In other words, probably in the next 48 hours, the ability to handle, to process all of these people 
is going to diminish dramatically. So the evacuation of personnel of of citizens is going to do, uh, reduce dramatically starting today. And since it's gradual, it's this is the way I view the Taliban: is you need to consider them enemy combatants. Mm-hmm. That's what they've been. We're not allies with these people. No. They're ter- they're a terrorist organization, mm-hmm. and they've been our enemies for twenty years. So you are withdrawing in the face. You're retreating mm-hmm. in the face of the enemy. So to your point, Fred, I agree with everything you said. Here's one additional thing is your ability to defend the soldiers you have left on the ground diminishes. Yes. Because you have fewer and fewer forces. That's right. What I expect to see is that we will leave more equipment, which the Taliban will use, maybe even against us if worse comes to worse. We'll leave more equipment. Your one thing, one group you left out uh, is Afghan allies who want to leave. The ability for us to extract them diminishes as well. You did mention our other allies from other countries. This is this is a it is a it is chaos. It could be a catastrophe, depending on whether or not we can get out of Afghanistan. All the people that we need to get out. Maybe maybe the Taliban says let them all go. But you never, never want to trust someone as a group as sinister as the Taliban. You never want to trust them to do, quote unquote, what's right, because you may have a bloodbath on your hand, hands. Well, it was quite amazing yesterday. Uh, President Biden, it was, we were told President Biden would come out and give an update on where America stands on Afghanistan, the evacuation operation. Well, it was almost two hours late happening. It was late, late in the afternoon, central time. But then a lot of people are shocked that President Biden came out and the first thing he started to talk about was his political victories. The, the $3.5 trillion vote that, that Nancy Pelosi pulled off yesterday. He wanted to talk about that first. When all of this is going on in Afghanistan, people's lives are on the line but he wanted to talk about that. Dana Perino, uh, she's a well-known figure at Fox News now. And uh, also, she was the uh, chief White House spokesman during the Bush years, all right, at least for a portion of the Bush years. She was, she's normally a very cool lady and very nonpartisan. Right. Very she's, nonpartisan. She's very even-handed and fair. This is how she responded. She could not believe so this President is responding Biden. to the Biden speech. Yes. Or- she could not believe that he started talking about partisan politics first and then said, oh, by the way, here's what's going on in Afghanistan. It's cut number seven. I screamed a little uh, when he started with Build Back Better. I get it. The Democrats passed it in the House with their razor thin margin, $3.5 trillion in spending that will saddle you with debt for the rest of your lives. But other than that, uh, you cannot try to say that your domestic agenda is more important than the international crisis that you are supposed to be handling. So again, it's like every time he's spoken this week, and I have a great deal of respect for this, Office of the Presidency and the President himself, when he speaks and he's reading the teleprompter, it's like, are you internalizing these words? Are you, do, are you understanding? Are you understanding? And to add to things, and I guess we're getting used to this, somebody is saying now they're now calling him 
a walk away Joe because once again he refused to take any questions from reporters. He just reads the teleprompter like Dana Perino was saying. It's like he's just reading words. Is he really understanding? Is his emotions in this at all? Or he's just he's just following a script he's that someone empty, else wrote. He's an empty suit, is what he is. Yeah, Joe Biden. He's been uh, he's been a politician for his whole life. His career is well documented with faux pas, uh, misspeaking, lies, exaggerations. Uh, plagiarism, and now he 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 says he, he you know he's uh, he he was a uh, quote moderate Democrat for most of his moderate to liberal, but not a crazy whacked out lefty. Now he's a crazy whacked out lefty. Why? Because the Democrat Party push on the left, they push him around because he's an empty suit. He has no real convictions about anything. So, um. He changed on, uh, he says he's a Catholic and he's pro-abortion. What does that tell you? You can't, that's an oxymoron. You can't be Catholic and pro-abortion. Catholic teaching is that uh, abortion is a mortal sin. And he's in favor of it. Mm -hmm. Right. He's for funding it with government money now. The Hyde Amendment, which has been a longstanding congressional uh, um uh, not bill, but uh, mandate that tax dollars not be used to fund abortion, which Democrats always, most Democrats always agreed with. He Biden voted for the Hyde Amendment his whole career. He gets into the White House, he ditches it and says, I'll sell out my quote soul uh, on abortion. Uh, so that's what I mean by empty suit. So I don't, I don't, I, he didn't know what he's doing. He didn't, he didn't know uh, now that, this has collapsed on him, which he didn't anticipate, and his advisors, I guess, which is kind of scary. CIA, Pentagon, these people didn't know what was going to happen. That's the scariest part of this to me is what else do they not know is going to happen that they didn't have contingency plans for? Yeah, what, what, do, they, what do they not know about China, for example, or Russia? Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about in our story meeting that <clears throat> the Taliban – or, or is it the Taliban, as as Joe Biden, Biden calls them, the Taliban? Taliban, the traveling circus. <laughs> uh, the Taliban began their move to take over the country in April, right? That's right. In April. Yeah. So what what Biden should have said is, "Hold on, there, dogs. You are not going to take over this country while we're still here, and we are going to get our people out." And then, then whether or not we leave some air power assets in with U.S. protections to help the Afghan, that's, that's probably what, if we really wanted the Afghan government to survive and the Afghan uh, mm-hmm. army to maintain control of the country on behalf of the, of the government, we should have had a couple of bases protected by troops, and then we would have air power, which the Taliban are terrified of our drones and those kind of things. So, but at the very least, we should have told the Taliban, no, you're not taking over the country until we and everyone we want out of this country is out. Then we will draw our military down and we'll do it in our own sweet time. To your point, uh, on Hannity's program last night, 
they've been showing a map when the Taliban began their takeover. We're talking back to April, folks. Yeah. We're talking April, May, June, July, four and a half months ago. The Taliban start marching back yeah. into Afghanistan. Marco Rubio was on with Hannity last night, and here's what he had to say. He said, basically, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, should have set a goal in place, not a date. Right. He was reacting, of course, to Biden's capitulation to the Taliban. Yeah, we'll be out by August 31st, which is next Tuesday, just a few days away. Here's what uh, Senator Marco Rubio had to say. When history looks back at this moment, and it's going to look back at this moment, this is going to be, I mean, this is going to be a big deal for decades. This is going to be covered as one of the worst catastrophes in American foreign policy history for two reasons. Number one is everything you just said right now, the failure of this administration to anticipate what they should have known. What, what the red lights were flashing the whole time that the Taliban was moving faster than they were talking about. And the whole time they were oblivious to it, it seemed. And then the botching of this evacuation of this entire uh, process. This is the way the process should have worked. Okay, the way, what Joe Biden should have said is we have these people and we have this equipment and we're going to get it out of Afghanistan and we'll leave once we have all that stuff. And anyone who gets in the way, including the Taliban, who tries to stop us, is going to be killed. You will die if you get in our way. Not August 31st and not September 1st, not August 29th, not a date, a goal. The goal is we're going to get out the Americans, we're going to get out the people that work for us, and we're not going to leave the Taliban an Air Force. We just donated an right, Air Force so to the Taliban. Well, there you go. I mean, this, I don't know what else needs to be said at this point. Uh, this is a colossal failure. Can you have a colossal success? <laughs> uh, maybe technically. Have you ever heard that term I've used? never heard it used that way. You that may phrase. technically okay. be able to. But, but I, what, what Joe Biden, the president, and his team hope doesn't happen is it gets worse. It's already terrible. It's bad. And they're going to be, but God forbid you start getting Americans, uh, taken hostage. I'm talking about physically taken hostage like they did in Tehran in the Ayatollah Khomeini or one of our planes just shot out of the sky that people are leaving Kabul. Right. Kabul? Kabul. 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 Uh, or something like that. Or we leave, uh, our last troops leave August 31st, and these har harrowing stories start coming out. Yeah. And today, in today's world, it isn't like 50 years ago where maybe some dispatch writer from the New York Times is able to go do a story. Uh, no. People have cell phones. Yeah. Th things go viral immediately, and if you have some stories about Americans being trapped over there after our troops have already left because August 31st has come and gone. And by the way, even Democratic congressmen and senators are calling on Biden, to ex a lot of them, to extend the August 31st, quote, deadline. So they're not, as Ed said in our story meeting this, way, this morning, that, that most Democrats aren't willing to take the fall with the uh, yeah, they're not going to go down with Biden on, on this. this. Right. Because this is all on him and his administration, like we've been saying. Uh, and Tim, like you said, the intelligence uh, agencies that we have should have known this. Sometimes things happen. You can't know until the day of whether the Afghan army would be able to stand up. But they were taking the Taliban 
were taking uh, territory starting in April. So you don't actually have to predict anything. You're just looking at what's happening in real time, and you say, all right, we've got a timeout. You know, we we did this is not what we agreed to. Yeah. Yep. All right, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, Ed, and Fred, and and uh, you know what's happening in Afghanistan is going to be the top news story for the next few weeks, at least probably. Uh, best case scenario that you know we, uh, no Americans are harmed and everybody gets out, and uh, the, our the people who've helped us are able to get cleared. And get out uh, because if they're left in the country, they're going to be slaughtered like the killing fields from right. Vietnam. Uh, it's going to be bad. And these these people, these Taliban, they're just they're savages. Mm-hmm. Yes, huh? I mean, uh, we can't even begin to describe the way that they treat, uh, you know, the way that they brutalize the people that they view as. Uh, problems in their own country well, well, have, have we heard anything from the i'm just asking this because i have not read anything the squad yeah. alexandria ocasio cortez and some of these ladies well known for standing up for women's rights okay uh i think we are all in agreement women should be treated with respect we may have policy differences about you know this issue or that issue but the women of afghanistan are are staring into the abyss Yes. In terms of the way they're going to be treated, they're going to be head to toe with with black garb and eye slits. That's what even with college educated women, that's the way they're going to have to dress in Afghanistan. Has the squad come out at all no, and no. criticized the Biden administration? No. To your point, we've already, unfortunately, early, early on in the last 10 days, saw the scene of the Afghani woman who was beaten to death by the Taliban. Yeah. This is just in the last several days because she wasn't wearing a burqa. Right. All right. This is the kind of people you're dealing with. Yes. To your yeah. quest to your question, I've seen nothing in writing from Ilhan Omar uh, or other members of the squad who say they are defenders of women's right. rights. You know what they're focused on? They're upset with the nine Democrats who have been uh resisting Pelosi's push for the 3.5 trillion. Yeah. That's what they've been writing about. It's like, uh, that's a distraction there in Afghanistan. Yeah. we really don't care what's happening there. By the way, as a result of the bungling of this whole thing by the Biden administration, his approval rating is, <laughs> is, is going way down. Yes. Uh, I, I'm looking, Forty-one percent. Yes, that's the latest poll we saw. Forty-one percent is and uh, is that his overall approval rating or just on Afghanistan? Uh, let's see here. According to the USA Today, who wants to show me an ad before they let me uh, <laughs> before they let me see the, the information? Was I's American demand to see for free? Um, huh. Uh, let's see. I do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, the, How dare you want to charge me something? Ad or something. Like, information. Yeah. All right. In a new USA Today Suffolk University poll, three out of four predict the Taliban-led country once again become a haven for terrorists. That, this, this is a poll of Americans I'm reading. Uh, to answer your question, his overall job approval rating now stands at 41%. Wow. 
That who, is cratered. Who approves versus 55% who disapprove. Wow, that's a in today's modern world of a 50-50 country, that's a huge that that's a huge gap. Uh, yeah. Uh, a, a big drop in the and it'll, and it'll just go it'll continue to go down if something How tragic happens yeah. over there. Yeah. But like you, you can't said, go down much further until you get into hardcore Democrat. Right. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. CNBC's headline is this, Biden's approval ratings have plummeted, and that could spell trouble for Democrats in Congress. And to your point you made just a few moments ago, Tim, Democrats are openly uh, defying the president uh, with regards to uh, how he's handling Afghanistan. There were two uh, lawmakers, House members, veterans yesterday, who arrived in Kabul on a leased airplane they wanted to go there uh, to see for themselves a fact-finding trip. Uh, one of them is Seth Moulton, who's a Democrat from Massachusetts, and uh, Congressman Peter Meiser, I believe it is, from Michigan. Uh, they went over there uh, on a fact-finding trip. They want to see for themselves because they're not trusting the propaganda that's coming out of the Pentagon and from right. the White House on this. Also, Colorado Democrat... Jason Crow also has broken with President Biden on the August 31st deadline, uh, noting conditions haven't changed. So you, I, I think to your point, Tim, and to the point of this headline, Democrats understand that this is a disaster that's not going to go away on August 31st. Right. In fact, uh, that that's probably the moment it gets terrifying. It gets terrifying. Even more than it is right now. All of these Democrats obviously are facing re-election uh, in next November. The idea that they're going to want to go out and campaign and they're going to be asked about Afghanistan. Where did you stand on Afghanistan? Did you agree with the president on this? They're speaking out now. Yeah. Now, first of all, uh, tip of the hat to both of these congressmen, uh, one Republican, one a Democrat, because that that took a backbone. Yes. To go over there on purpose uh, listen, my hat's off to whoever flew him over there because, as we've noted, it's not it's not beyond the pale for uh, one of these planes to get shot down yes. on the way out. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to them for their courage to go and try to find out what's happening because they have constituents and there are American citizens trapped over there. Uh, also, President Biden has trouble with our allies on this. Uh, NATO, for example, a lot of the countries in Europe ticked, mm-hmm. ticked on how this has gone down, and they weren't informed of a lot of what was going to happen. And uh, also, according to the AP, that uh, they're pushing him, that is, European leaders in particular, pushing him to push back the August 31 mm-hmm. uh, deadline that he's given for getting American Americans and American troops out of, uh, but now the Taliban have said no to, uh, you know, whatever kind of discussion there was about maybe giving an extra couple of weeks. They said, no, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, another part of this is, uh, and I think re- most Republicans and Democrats all agree now. Most all agree the, the idea, the, uh, of nation building in the future we're done with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Trillions, I think two or three trillion bucks were spent on 
I don't know if that includes uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, but I've heard $2 trillion for Afghanistan. Just for Afghanistan. Yeah. You cannot build a Western-style democracy in a Muslim country. Yep. It never works. It will not work. It never, ever. They, uh, it just that religion does not is not compatible with democracy or representative government. Yeah, not not if the mullahs are in charge. No, it's religious totalitarianism. Always has been and always will be. We'll be back momentarily. If you want a building done right, you hire builders. Unless you've done it before, you probably shouldn't try to build it on your own. Jordan Shambly says we should be relieved that when it comes to the church, Jesus is the builder. We're the stones. Our job is to obey the master builder. Jordan shares what all that means in his article, The Builder of the Church. You can read it and let it encourage you at EngageMagazine.net. EngageMagazine.net. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Student-athletes at a Washington State high school are being forced to wear monitoring devices on their ankles. It's not that the kids at Eatonville High School did anything wrong. It's because they may or may not have the China virus. The school district says they have to track every student in what they call a high-impact sport, like football, basketball, and volleyball. The mother of a 15-year-old was furious after she got a text message from her daughter saying, Hey, Mom, you're not going to believe what just happened. The school district says the tracking devices are mandatory for the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Some local residents compared the tracking devices to something that might have happened in 1930s Nazi Germany. The government documenting everything you do, everywhere you go. Well, that kind of sounds like Google. My new book, by the way, makes a great Christmas gift. Our Daily Biscuit Devotions with a Drawl. You can get a signed copy right now at ToddStarns.com. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 American Family Radio This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's issues, the name of this program. If you want to send us an email, go to comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Thanks again for listening. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano and Fred Jackson, and we've been discussing uh, Afghanistan and what the plans are by the by the administration to get everybody out of the country by August 31st, which is what, a week from today? No, it's Tuesday. No. We're less under a week. we got five days. Yeah, this is a, an impossibility. Uh, now, and the military said yesterday, or the day before, the Pentagon – to the president, you got to give us a date certain because we got to get our people out. We got to make plans to get our people out. By people, I mean our soldiers and Marines and airmen and whoever else is there. They got to get out of the country first. Yeah, it's not, you can't just tell whatever we have there, 8,000 troops. Uh, you can't just say, oh, just catch a flight on Tuesday. Right. Everything, all the logistics have to right. be planned. But in the meantime, he, what Biden is saying is uh, that includes all uh, Americans who are there. And some, and we don't know how many Americans are there because in Afghanistan who can't reach the airport because the state department says they don't know, which kind of seems really odd to me because you have to have a passport or some kind of documentation to get a in there or something is yes, why wouldn't you have a, uh, records that show how many people in you know in a given country to your point uh fox reporter peter ducey uh returned to his question to jen saki yesterday on the issue of that word stranded yeah she got upset with him she got she's really? the uh, the white house spokesperson white house spokesperson so have a listen to peter ducey went back to that yesterday and i want you to hear jen saki's response it's cut number two. You say no Americans are stranded. This is someone in Kabul who says, I am stranded. Uh, so if, is there a better word for somebody who can't leave the house to get to the airport because Jake Sullivan says ISIS is outside the airport? What if, if I would welcome you providing their phone number, and we will reach out to them today. All right. So that was her. i got to give her props for that right there now. I don't care for her, but she did, she did offer to help her office with anybody who Peter Ducey could give a number for. Yes. But to your point, there are people in there, and uh, Fox News has interviewed, and we played a little bit of this yesterday or the day before, a U.S. government worker, an American citizen, who has phoned Fox News and said, you know, I'm trying to get to the airport. You would think a U.S. government citizen working in Afghanistan, the American government would be aware of her name and where she is. She can't get to the airport, she says, because every time we go out, the Taliban chases us back. So that's that's one case. That's one scenario. Uh, so she says, yeah, give me their name, and we'll try to get to them. Yeah. I don't well, know if she's doing that just for PR purposes or what, but... That was um, a strategy. That, yeah. To yeah. Deal well, with you've got, at least my understanding is the British and the French... Yes. Both sent... Both of those nations sent their soldiers to the doors of their citizens and yes. escorted them. Is that Rescue teams. Rescue teams. That's what you've got to have. You cannot expect a woman 
I'm not saying this in a sexist way. No, I know. Because uh, we're, uh, we're talking about we all know what can happen to women over there. You can't expect a woman who's been working for the government, uh, working for the U.S. government or the Afghan government, but a U.S. citizen, to run that gauntlet with all those men who the the uh, uh, Baradar, the, uh, uh, the emir or whatever, the, the guy who's uh, in uh, uh, head of the uh, – Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, which is what the Taliban is call, calling themselves. They're calling what? Is he not a... a, a they just sound so regal. Oh, the uh, Baradar, like... B- uh, Baradar, uh, Abdul uh, Baradar, Mullah. But, but, what did you, but, but what did you call... Oh, the Islamic uh, Emirate of Afghanistan. That's what, the, that's what, they're, that's what they're calling Afghanistan. The Taliban. The, 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 yeah, the, the Taliban. Taliban. <laughs> the, what does Biden call them? The Taliban. Taliban. The Taliban. The Taliban. Taliban. But he he's one of the ones who's been in the in the news. But he said that um, the the Taliban do not respect women, and and so women have to be careful. You cannot you cannot expect a woman to run that gauntlet yeah. with those men to try to get through all those checkpoints. I tell it's you just, what, it's that's horrifying and terrifying. We should have been sending soldiers door to door, and of next Tuesday, as of next Tuesday. The possibility is there won't be any of our soldiers left to do that. To your point, uh, a lot of veterans are coming forward, and I mentioned this yesterday. There are some veterans groups that have gone in on their own to try to rescue uh, some Americans. But Colonel James McCormick retired. He was on (coughs) Fox this morning. He said this, we have to honor our commitments and our warrior ethos. Have a listen. And what is he saying there? We know we don't leave anybody behind. Who, who are we about to hear now? This is Colonel James McCormick. All right. And he basically he's 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 a veteran group that would like to meet with Biden to have their say. One of the principles of our military for years is where we leave no one behind, even someone who has been tra- a soldier tragically killed. We we do everything we can to bring that body out let alone people who are alive and trapped. So listen to what he has to say. Cut number five. History will show that the American military knows how to deal with the Taliban. We have did it well and effectively for 20 years. Uh, the only reason why they're out of the caves and down there is because we've departed, not because our spirit, our warrior spirit has left us. Um, I think that, that at this point, as uh, as was mentioned before, we have to honor our commitments to our allies and our veterans. And you know what? We have a warrior ethos that we live by, and that, like our oath, has no expiration date. So let's do what's right. May I, may I ask a question? If, if either one of you distinguished gentlemen know the answer to this question. Uh, what was our military, military objective for the last 20 years? Well, it was to defeat the Taliban, okay, and, and to and to push them out of why did we fail of Afghanistan? Why did we fail so miserably? We didn't fail. Oh, we defeated the Taliban. We defeated the Taliban. Okay, I'm glad they're not around then. No, I'm just no. <laughs> I didn't say that. We we yeah, you did. You said we defeated the Taliban. Yeah, we did. We defeated them. No, we didn't. We did. Okay, they, who's they, right, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to raise our hands and have a vote here. Well, let, let Tim me explain, or Ed on this. Let thing. me explain what I mean by that. Okay, right? Ed, go ahead. They were not in charge Convince of Afghanistan me. while we were there. They ran. 
they they did fight, but they were not in control of Afghanistan. Our uh, policy going forward was to make sure the Af- the new Afghan government that replaced the Taliban and the Afghan army could defend themselves if the Taliban returned. So uh, well, you didn't defeat them. All right. Okay. Ed's giving me the eyeball look down, which I've known Ed for 35 years. That means uh, it means I disrespectfully disagree with you. I respectfully disagree, okay. not disrespect, right. never disrespect. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you how. I, uh, by the way, anyway, uh, we, we can talk about this over lunch. <laughs> okay. Uh, but what I was thinking. On my last day Which is here. probably not appropriate to say. Let me just say this. No, we didn't defeat the Taliban. It, this is my opinion. Yes, oh, sure. And I, could, I understand. And as I often tell my wife, Allison, I could be wrong. <laughs> you know, that's every other day. I could be wrong, but here's what I see. We didn't defeat the Taliban. We didn't. We put a dam up, to use a uh, reservoir metaphor, which yeah. mm-hmm. is probably overused in our country. A reservoir metaphor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I almost got a rap going there. Anyway, the point is, all we did was hold them back, the Taliban, and they weren't, and and uh, and now, because you see, when we stood down, they took over the country in ten days. You, you're saying they never surrendered, is 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 what you're saying. A defeat to me, Ed, is crushing over surrender at Pearl at uh, at Tokyo Harbor or whatever it's called over there. Okay, I, okay. I, mean, I understand That's, what you're that, that is what defeat means to me. Yeah. What we're talking about is uh, the American military tried to stand up this uh, Afghan military for 20 years. Well, we, we did help them, but we didn't defeat the Taliban because they, they all we did was push them to the edges, and now they've come back uh, and just swallowed up the country and – and one of the ten pop- days. Let, so, so, so I don't back, disagree so, with that. So back they to did my, not, they never surrendered. That's true. So back to my original point is, I was listening to the gentleman right there. What was the fellow's name, Colonel? Colonel uh, James McCormick. Yeah, and this is in no way meant to disrespect our military personnel who were sent to do their job in Afghanistan. But the way I'm viewing this now, twenty years is that we weren't sent there to crush the Taliban or to put them out of business. We were sent there to nation build and we were sent there to hold back the Taliban while we nation built. Um, so which begs a question again to me of what was our military purpose for being there? I think going forward, the majority of Americans, Democrat and Republican will say, if we have a national security threat, or somewhere on the globe, you use the military to go in and bust up whoever's threatening us and then get out of Dodge. You don't go camp there for 20 years trying to change a culture that can't be changed. All right? Now, I don't know why. Why, why don't these people fight for themselves, Afghanis? I mean, they're, they're running like children over there. Well, I, I I would let me just say let me say two uh, two things. First, 
I, I agree we should come to the conclusion you just said in the future. What was my conclusion? That we should nation build. Right. Because, because we get in, we get we, out. We did this in Vietnam. We did the same thing in Vietnam. The, except we, it was communist China. Except it was communist. The, the communists in uh, North Vietnamese and uh, China was always in there. I, I think as long as we think we can nation build, we will stumble into these kind of things uh over and over again. Uh, and so what was the second, what was the other thing? Let me you ask just you asked? this. Do you think the night now, again, I'm just asking a question and I'm not impugning anybody or, or saying I necessarily would believe with the premise of my question. I'm just sort of throwing it out there, but it does make you wonder there's something called the military industrial complex. And, and I'm, I consider myself like most conservatives pretty hawkish on military issues but it makes me wonder did we do this for 20 years to a large extent because a lot of american companies were making a killing off of the business that we were doing in afghanistan to nation build and just and to have a, a military presence over there because a lot of people make money off that do you understand what I'm saying? I do, and I don't want to dominate. Fred, if you want to jump in here too, you want I, me to I, dominate? What do you well, want to no, do? Well, no. I, I was just gonna. I just look. <clears throat> I, I think people are do make money selling to the defense federal contractors. Government, defense contractors, they do make money, and I think, but I think part of the problem has to also be that you have hawks in the military and in Congress. And sometimes in the White House, who say we'll throw our weight around, and we will use our cruise missiles and our, you know, predator drones, and we'll get the job done and we'll accomplish our goals. But if but the goal has to be something that the military can accomplish, and nation building's not one of them. I I think we have to go back twenty years and see where we were as a country, remembering nine eleven. Nine eleven shocked America because terrorism came to this country. We had been fighting terrorism over there. Right. But on that day, a bunch of Al-Qaeda terrorists led by Osama bin Laden took out the lives of 3,000 Americans. That shocked us. President George W. Bush at the time said, we're not going to let this pass. We're going to hunt them down, which led us to Afghanistan. But to kind of to your point, Tim, we're not fighting the German army. We're not fighting the Japanese. We're fighting an ideology. And all the, the adherence to that ideology, what they did, they fled to Pakistan. Right. And they waited out the Americans. They figured the Americans wouldn't stay there forever, which is what happened, which is why they were able to stream back in. One of the Afghans who had made it out on one of the first airplanes the last few days uh, was on Fox. She said, America, please, you got to focus on Pakistan. Pakistan is a bad player. Yeah, but see, here's part of the problem is you, you uh, like, for example, in Korea, mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't quite as it, it, quite, it wasn't quite like Vietnam in Korea, but you had the Chinese who backed North Korea yes. and got, eventually got into the war and almost won it coming across the Yalu River. And then in the Vietnam situation, it was very similar to what we saw in Afghanistan so you have communist North Vietnam, you have a Western-leaning South Vietnam, whose government also did, committed atrocities, okay? 
And then, of course, the Soviets supplying, but you had Cambodia and Laos. Remember, Nixon made the decision to bomb Cambodia, mm-hmm. you know, said, oh, no, we would never do that because these fighters would slip across the border. And you have you have these people groups that don't always pay attention to the lines that everyone else draws for their nation. Yeah. And the same thing happened in Vietnam. These fighters would slip across into Laos and Cambodia, and they had the Ho Chi Minh Trail mm-hmm. coming down, you know, outs, outside sometimes of our vision, and they were being supplied. And, of course, we were at war with communism, China and, yeah. and Korea mm-hmm. and and the Soviets in, in Vietnam. Maybe our, our successful experiments with nation building, as it were, post-World War II in Japan and Germany gave us a, a false sense that we could do this in other places in the world. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, it's been largely successful in South Korea. I mean, it's a, a westernized country. Yeah, in Japan. Yeah, you know, Japan and Japan, uh, but those aren't Muslim-dominated countries, right? That's right. So, as as you pointed out during our break, the only the only country you could point out in the world which has a uh, dominant mo- Muslim presence, while also is somewhat democratic, is Turkey. Yes, is that right? Right. right. But Turkey, they were a sec- They were set up in I think 1924 as a secular country. They said Islam is not going to run the country. We're going to run this as a republic. So right. that's the only exception. Any country that you're going to have. But, 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 but you get east of there, east of Turkey. You know, Turkey is kind of where Europe intersects uh, Asia. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a European country. They're part of the NATO, right? So, uh, but uh, it's the culture there is where it sort of intersects you. You switch over to Islam pretty much uh, after that till you get to, what, China? For yeah, the most all, the part. The, all the way all to the, the, all the way to China. North Africa. So um, and this this is a, a, another lesson, too, in what uh, Islamic uh, fundamentalism teaches. That is Sharia law. That's what the Taliban's all about is Sharia law, imposing Islam on everybody, their version of it which does not include uh, – I mean, they're, they're, they're gonna, you're going to bow the knee to Allah according to the Taliban or they're going to take, cut your head off or, uh, or all the brutalities that we see, that's done in the name of enforcing and pleasing Allah right. according to the Taliban. All right, you're listening to today's issues. Uh, next story, Fred. We haven't had a, a Fauci moment in a long time. <laughs> Is this like a moment of silence? I, yeah, I haven't had for a, fa- for, for, for a, Reverend a, Fauci? a pebble in my shoe in a while either. <laughs> and that's what the name Anthony Fauci does to me. Okay. All right. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is the head of the what? Uh, he is head of the uh, National Institute Institute's. for Allergies and Infectious Diseases. There you right. go. There He's you had go. it, and, he, and you know, some... Andy Warhol said everybody has their 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> well, Dr. Fauci's had his 15 months of fame. Yes. 15 huh? months of fame. Yeah. He, he is the face of the White House effort to deal with COVID. All right. Well, he, he did have a pretty good career as the face of Mad Magazine for a long time. So <laughs> I just want to say that, you, you know, he had the glasses when he got older, but 
Not showing respect. Uh, oh, that's Alfred E. Newman. Sorry. Yes. Well, uh, he was very encouraged by the announcement earlier this week that the FDA had approved the Pfizer vaccine. Right. And so now he says it's time for more of these vaccine mandates. Cut number eight. They're going to give a lot of incentive and backing for a lot of institutions and organizations and places of employment to mandate. And that could be colleges, university, the military organizations that employ a lot of people, some of the big corporations, are going to say, if you want to work for us in person, you've got to be there and get vaccinated. And I think that's a good thing. I know I respect people's freedom, but when you're talking about a public health crisis that we've been going through now for well over a year and a half, the time has come. Enough is enough. We've just got to get people vaccinated. Just I give up. <laughs> I respect people's freedom. No, you don't. He no. just said he he said he respects people's freedom, but enough is enough with their freedom. Yes. That's what he said. Well, yeah. well I, I think it's a good thing to take away people's freedom if we have a national. Listen, I, I got to say, he may have had his 15 months of fame, okay? But at some point, when it becomes clear that these vaccines are not the Great Wall of China, sorry for mixing, you know, all these metaphors, and it's not going to be as successful as they'd hoped, which we're already finding out with the uh, variants. Uh, he's he's going to have to eat these words. You can say, well, yeah, we took away your freedoms. You have to take off his mask first. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I tell you what, you know, uh, when 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 I when he first came out, I listened to him like everybody did. He was because... Italian, of course. I listened to him, <laughs> but I mean, he has he's uh, credentialed. I mean, he's right, uh, sure. And you think of this organization as apolitical, right? Yes. For the most part. Uh, so then I learned he's a lefty. Yeah. Voted, he supported Hillary Clinton. So I began to get suspicious. And uh, while he's still very knowledgeable in his field, some people are saying, no, he's not right now. Uh, he, but his field does not extend to controlling everybody's lives from here till he says the pandemic is over, whatever like that, uh, by, by saying everybody should have to be uh, vaccinated. Now, he was talking in reference to the Pfizer uh, vaccine being approved by the federal, by the Food and Drug Administration. They gave their stamp of approval, their final stamp of approval to it. So it takes it off the experimental side and makes it, they, they, they've endorsed it. Um, but you know what? These, uh, the, 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 by the way, do I want to start down this road or not? Cause Ed and I've discussed this before. Vaccine. Vaccine. Yes. Is this a vaccine? Well, they call it a vaccine. That's a good answer yes. right there. <laughs> Just say they, unidentifiable. Yes, that's right. Call it a vaccine, and then you're not saying yes or no, so you can't get slammed by our listeners on Facebook. That's I see what you did right there. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, listen, a vaccine, Vaccine. we all, when we heard, when we first heard the word vaccine, we were going, praise the Lord. Yeah. One shot and I'm done. I'm protected. Praise the Lord. It's, uh, our, 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 our American scientist came up with something to stop this pandemic. Praise God. Yeah. Okay. Everybody said that when they first heard vaccine, cause we're thinking smallpox, mm -hmm. polio, right. we're mm -hmm. talking about shut, shut this thing down. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Now we learn, no, we're not talking about a vaccine in, in the traditional way. We're talking about a shot. Like, like, like a, a flu shot. Like a flu shot where it's Once a year. 50% yeah. uh, success rate as it turns out now with the with the variant. So I, I think that I actually think the, the quote mandates for vaccination are going to uh, be less and less talked about instead of more and more talked about. This is my opinion again. Yeah. Because they're they're not as uh, successful as they were advertised initially. Now, maybe they were as successful in the studies that they did where they showed 92, 95% preventative, that is the vaccine, against against COVID-19. Yeah. The original, you know, Coke, right? <laughs> now, now we got... What new, we, new Coke. We, we got new Coke <laughs> in the form of the... Uh, Delta variant. Delta variant. And, and what's coming? What did you guys say is the next one that's they get they got a a, a different one coming. And so, uh the well the the CEO of Pfizer said we got he wouldn't be surprised if something's on the way. <laughs> something's on the way that will be uh, untouchable by a uh a vaccine, by Pfizer vaccine. or otherwise. So yeah. yeah. I think I think I think you're right on this, Tim. I agree. I think what the focus is gonna shift to treating it yes. like you do with Tam- yes, Tamiflu, with the flu. Yes. This is what you do if you get COVID. Yes, it has and, to yeah. because the vaccines, as they were, are not are, are losing their effectiveness. Yeah. And you're gonna now you're going to have to convince everybody, hey, come back for a booster shot, and then what are we going to do by Christmas? Come back for your second booster shot. Then yeah. what are we, a year from now, we're going to be saying, hey, have you had your monthly booster shot? And this year, it's, uh, it, it's a new variant. And so right. you're shot. It's the Alpha, Beta, Gamma. Yeah. Which is also a fraternity. I think Gamma is what's the next one coming. Uh, I, I tried to get I in. Gamma with, I tried to get in with the Alpha, Gammas, but they wouldn't. They didn't <laughs> want me. Huh? We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.